You're listening to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Haley Schaff, and my goal is to empower you to become the alpha of your health. Welcome back to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. In today's episode, I'm going to be diving into the difference in treatments for various metabolic conditions, whether it's prediabetes, PCOS, diabetes, insulin resistance. I'm pretty much going to kind of outline the different forms of treatment. Uh, I definitely am going to list the benefits, side effects, uh, kind of like give you maybe an informed consent around it and also kind of compare that to what's going around um, with Ozempic. Because when I put a question box in my stories a few weeks ago, I got some questions on if I have diabetes, should I go on metformin? What are my other options? What are really, what should I do? And I mean, it's definitely a tough decision. And so I think around all, all of that stuff, I think it's just really important to have the informed, informed consent discussion on here's what it's doing. Here's the risks and the benefits of treatment. There's metformin. Ozempic is a huge one that you can see if you are into pop culture at all. Uh, or like I watch a lot of Bravo and like, I feel every Bravo celebrity is on Ozempic and that definitely comes with a risk. And then there, we have kind of the natural forms, which everybody's saying nature's Ozempic is berberine and berberine's great. There's definitely cases that I use it, but it's not something that you just can take blindly or should take blindly and take forever. So we're going to kind of dive into all of those different things today. So first we'll start with metformin. Metformin's probably the most common form of a medication used for used for treatment of high blood sugar. Um, and essentially it's been used. I mean, it's, it's a very heavily studied drug. Um, it's been on the market for a really long time. However, there was a recall of metformin, the extended release back in 2020 because it had found unacceptable levels of potential carcinogens in the extended release tablet. So if you're on metformin extended release, definitely be on the lookout for that, uh, because that's, that's not what we want to look for. So essentially metformin helps to lower blood sugar, improve insulin resistance, and makes you more insulin sensitive. So good, right? But there are risks with everything. Um, metformin's given to a lot of people with PCOS. Um, but I think it can be helpful um, but it, it shouldn't be used long term, in my opinion. And you know, some there's definitely some common side effects like heartburn, stomach pain, nausea, bloating, gas, digestive issues like either digestion uh, or diarrhea, constipation, sometimes headaches. Some people even get like a metallic or metallic taste in their mouth. Uh, obviously, worsening side effects could be things like less uh, lactic acidosis, anemias, um, and obviously those things are less, um, common. Um, and then to compare that to the Ozempic, they're, they're very different. Um, Ozempic is an injectable and it's more of like a peptide type therapy. Um, whereas metformin is usually an oral and, um, 
Ozempic really helps to really just suppress the appetite a lot. Um, but again, Ozempic has been linked to pancreatitis, gallbladder issues. A lot of people lose weight very quickly. And that's what, where we're getting what people call like the Ozempic face where they're just losing all fat and their face almost looks sunk. Um, and especially a lot of these people aren't replacing fat with muscle. So they're just losing tissue and there's it's, everything is sagging. And then of course the celebrities can pay for plastic surgery, but Ozempic works really well for diabetic patients. And I just have a problem with it, especially being used for just weight loss. And then everybody wants a quick fix. Everybody wants to just snap their fingers and have the results that they want. So then people are coining, oh, well then there's berberine, which is essentially nature's metformin. It's like, it's not how that works. Um, And that's not even comparable because they don't even work the same. Actually, it's super interesting. Metformin was developed because of berberine because you can't patent herbs. You can't like aspirin came from willow bark, which salicylic acid. You can't patent natural herbs, but you can create a chemical for them and they do the same thing. So essentially metformin, berberine is a metformin adjacent because that's really where metformin was created from the herb berberine, which is interesting. Um, so it's always kind of interesting for me to see how we've taken really interesting things that nature's given us and how we've tried to marginalize and and profit all these things. But anyways, essentially how it works is by lowering and altering the energy metabolism. Uh, so it can lower glucose both in the liver and also help to make you more insulin sensitive. Whereas Ozempic, which is I actually Googled the price. Sorry if you can hear the drill. Uh, They are doing our bathroom renovation and they are drilling the tile outside, which is, I just realized, outside my office. (laughs) So I apologize if you guys can pick up on that. So thanks for sticking with me. But uh, Ozempic, on the other hand, again, I mentioned it was a peptide and I was, I was mentioning that I was looking it up, obviously, to research for this. Yeah, I can get it for $905 at Wegmans. I can save 27%, where it typically retails for over $1,000, which is insane. But it is a peptide, GLP-1, glucode-like peptide 1, which essentially in the body helps to, it works as an antagonist. So it is mimicking a gut hormone to lower glucose levels after you've eaten a meal. And it also can block your liver from making glucose, which uh, is gluconeogenesis. We, we can store a lot of glucose in our liver, which is cool because, you know, if you do an overnight fast, which we all should, we don't, we shouldn't eat through the night, then you have energy that can be burned from being stored in the liver and muscle tissue, which is really cool. So again, how it works is after you eat, the cells in your intestine are going to release that peptide, that GLP-1, and that triggers insulin to be released. But what happens when you're injecting that peptide is that essentially blocks the glucose production and it's going to slow down how fast food leaves your stomach. So it's going to make you feel full longer. So that's why a lot of people get a lot of the appetite suppressant with the Ozempic as well. And it's really kind of like a, I guess, for lack of a better term, almost kind of acting as a glucose blocker, which is 
different than berberine. Berberine is more helping your body process the glucose better, helping with the insulin resistance a little bit better. Now, what's very interesting comparing that to berberine is berberine has similar effects. It's kind of like a glucose disposal agent. It helps your body better dispose of glucose. But when you look up and you research berberine, it actually talks about its cholesterol-lowering abilities, which is really interesting because when I see people improve their metabolic health, their cholesterol gets better. Not even not even bringing berberine into the picture. But I think that that's super interesting because I think a lot of people, we have the cholesterol conversation of, oh, cholesterol is bad. Don't eat red meat. Don't eat eggs. Don't eat any saturated fat. Eat vegetable oil. That's what we're told, which that could not be further from the opposite. Whereas our cholesterol is not due to our dietary cholesterol. Our cholesterol is actually due to, I believe, our metabolism. And so when we are more metabolically healthy, when we have insulin and blood sugar levels in a very healthy range, that's in turn going to help your glucose levels. My dad, actually, he, um, I guess I would consider him like subclinical. Like he wasn't pre-diabetic. He wasn't diabetic. He wasn't even kind of close to, he, he was maybe like teetering on that border and we worked a lot on his blood sugar. He wore a continuous glucose monitor for, I think six months. He just learned a lot about it a lot about his body, what foods work for him. He didn't change anything with his diet in terms of he did, he continued to eat a crap ton of eggs, butter, red meat, all the things. And when he went and got his cholesterol levels, they were phenomenal as was his blood sugar. And his doctor's like, great. It sounds like you went on the plant-based diet. I told you. And my dad's like, no, actually I probably a lot more red meat and eggs. And his doctor just looked at him like, that's impossible you know, because we don't in conventional medicine, they don't see that connection. So that is interesting that the berberine, when you look it up, when you research it, it says, oh yeah, it's great for lowering cholesterol naturally, which it can be. I mean, red yeast rice is also another good alternative, but when you really get to the root and you can fix the metabolic health, that is where you're getting a lot more of that part in the Tala bark because she hears the contractors going up and down the stairs. Tala. Oh my gosh. I don't know how I'm going to get any work done these next few weeks with all this. But anyways, so berberine is great. I just kind of touted the benefits. I sometimes even use it. I have it in my pantry if I have a higher carb meal, if it's a holiday and, you know, I'm eating more carbs than I usually eat and I just want to control blood sugar. Do I take it every day? No, maybe. Do you need to take it every day? That's very person to person basis because now everybody's seeing the benefits with berberine, metformin, all these different things. I mean, metformin's a huge touted benefit, especially for things like PCOS. But again, it's it, it's not fixing the root cause. It definitely can be helpful in the meantime. And berberine, same thing. It's not fixing the root cause. It helps your body kind of tolerate it a little bit better. And in terms of side effects, Berberine is is potent. It's especially a a potent antimicrobial. So when you take it for a long time, it can start to kind of impact the dysbiotic bacteria. It can can have an impact on your microbiome. And so it is not something that I think that people should take every day, all year long, their whole entire life. There are certain times and there are certain cases that I definitely put people on it for a period of time with other gut support to kind of help mitigate that. But then there's all the other cases like SIBO where berberine is great because it really can help kind of tackle SIBO because of the antimicrobial effects. But you do want to be careful because berberine taken long-term 
you know, it's not just one of those things I'm seeing it all over TikTok where people are, you know, run into the closest grocery store and health store and they're getting the berberine and they're like, this is nature's ozempic. I'm going to try this and I'm going to lose all this weight. And it's, it just, it doesn't work that way. I mean, some people do notice a lot of good digestibility benefits. They notice a change in their blood sugar, especially if you are someone who measured your blood sugar with a continuous glucose monitor, glucometer, and taking berberine with a meal versus not. It, 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 you really can see the profound effects. I mean, it does work amazing, but you have to get deeper to that issue, which a lot of blood sugar imbalances truly do stem from the liver. Because if your liver is stagnant, I talked about earlier how our, our liver can store glucose And if we have a stagnant and sluggish liver, that can really impact our blood sugar control. And I mean, obviously your pancreas impacts the amount of insulin that you can produce too. So really focusing on the health of those digestive and secretory and endocrine. And I mean, those organs really are multifaceted in my opinion. So really focusing on the root cause of those levels. I mean, nervous system balance has a huge impact. I've talked a lot about blood sugar control on a lot of different podcasts. So I just wanted to talk about the different treatments, give you guys a little bit of a background on that. So then you can take that info and do what is right for you. But I have had a few people asking kind of, should I go on metformin? I have PCOS. Should, what about berberine? Again, if it were me, and I do use berberine once in a while, for me, I use it strategically. There are people who in their healing protocol, we'll use it for two to three months and then taper off and then only use as needed or after certain meals or whatever. But you really do want to, again, make sure you're getting to the root cause and please, before going on anything, definitely consult your health practitioner. None of this podcast or any information that I'm giving via social, of course, is never medical advice. It's more, I just want to give you guys information, but always take this information and do further digging, talk to your practitioner, see if various treatments are right for you, but I hope that this was helpful. I hope that this kind of bring light to a lot of, I feel like what's being talked about on social media today and just give you a little bit more context so that you can make the right decision for you. So thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next week.